very, very rich information streams. Our yes. information streams are like a hologram for the total infinite ex existence. There's so much going on within our field of consciousness that it's effectively infinite. Is it? I believe it to be. We're just not aware of our entire self. And if we were, then we would know everything and have all experiences contained within the individualized experience that is now. We're just not seeing the whole thing. So we experience only like a little part of it because there's, there's shadows around the periphery. But the more light that floods in, the more we open our channels, we see that we're connected to absolutely everything. And the, the, the data stream, the field of consciousness that we're in is complete and total and, and you know, Taurus style all looped into itself. It's connected to all of history and all of the future and like the reasons why everything is happening. It's alive like the stone that needs to be sung to by the aboriginals to exist. Your life is the song. And by existing now, you're breathing life into all of the cosmos everywhere. Mm. <laughs> I like that you brought their aboriginals and their song lines in. It's like the same thing. That stone, you know, is a center and they come and they sing to it. And like our lives are singing. It wouldn't exist without us. Uh, it was the first time of feeling like, oh, we are created in the image of God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's the perfect thing. Because like our bodies are a metaphor. Our bodies are an image. We take them as like physical and literal, but they're not. They're like a story. They're like a piece of art. They're like pointers. They're like a map. And it's the map of the universe. Hey, consciousness envelope. Last time you were at Mono Hot Springs, like a year ago, you had yeah. a dream about me writing a beatnik de detective novel and you sent me like a summary of this dream in a text fuck yeah <laughs> yeah dude yes and i got this like i found this text because i was like sorting poems out and it was like you had you were in hot you were at the hot springs now and i was like ah oh, man i can't talk to sean about like this this operation high jump under the ice like what direction should i go with this and then i found this text and it was like it was you were describing how to do it you're like yeah have intrigue have this like undercut of like beatnik like cool lingo in it and it was it was such a good it, i mean it was the envelope nice nice yeah dude keep that one bubbling i want to read that one too i want to read that one after i read the hollow earth fantasy sci-fi I don't have that one bu bubbling. That was just, I applied those, I applied those like uh, perimeters or those ideas or those, inst those uh, instructions to the hollow earth fantasy. I was like, oh yeah, this is what Sean would say. This is like. Oh, cool. Cool, it, cool. It was as if you were mono hot spring giving me advice from a year ago now while you're in mono hot springs. Yeah, that was, there was definitely some like bookend kind of experience going on with the mono hot springs we went on literally the same date it was exactly 10 14 that we went last year and this year and it was interesting because last year during the trip i was in a phase where i had 
not been smoking for some time. Like I was already quitting. I don't remember how long it had been, but I was, it was during that trip that I started jonesing for it again. And I remember I was in Doris Lake and I was looking up at this rock where there was a bunch of like college kids up there smoking a joint and just jonesing so hard. And then I, I went up to where they were after they had left and saw that they left half of their joint behind. And, you know, I wasn't smoking weed, so I didn't have any at the time. And I took that half a joint and I brought it home with me. And that was the joint that like got me back into smoking weed for the entire year. And, <laughs> was <laughs> and it then the I joint went back. Or was it your inner desire to be like satisfied and be able to like be okay with life? But, you know, so then it's like, here I am back at Mono Hot Springs, the scene of the place that convinced me to start smoking again. Now I just spent the whole year in, you know, the reality of smoking that I had believed that I wanted. And now suddenly consciousness was throwing me a couple of curveballs and showing me uh, the better way to level up now would be to, you know, cut this out and like have a different metabolic year. Addicted to the bong. Forced withdrawals on high altitude, camping trip, coming down hard. This is Sean's poem that he let, wrote. Let, let, let me try to read this one. Let me see if I can read it. Yeah, please. Let me see if it doesn't cut out. Um, I'm pulling it. Title is 820 because I woke up in the morning and I started writing the poem at 820. And I was like, oh, yeah, 820 is the title of this poem. I thought it was Addicted. A is this is not related to 420 it is 420 it is it is 420 but it's like a doubling of it it's, yeah. you know it's like it's like 420 kind of mixed with that infinite energy <laughs> yeah, bro. finally yes addicted to the bong 20 mixed with that infinite energy <laughs> forced withdrawals on a high altitude camping trip coming down hard like a bad trip in reverse, more frantic and uncomfortable the further away I get from this drug. But now it's turned on me, long, long coming down. The medicine makes me sick now, puking detox. I can't describe the symptoms. Impending sense of doom, both personal and global, like a bad trip that's coming on stronger the further away I get from the drug. Making love to the snake pool, her material bubbling up over my balls bubbling all along my spine and over my earlobes. She needed a little jerk assist. <laughs> that small death was bigger. Constitution <laughs> low. Little Eden's not warm enough and surrounded by mud demons. This black thing in your lungs will no longer sustain your life force. That's karma. Of course, something that has given you so much pleasure must also be the cause of the same amount of pain. Knowing I've brought myself to this, when what is righteous is confused by what is hypocritical, when does a heroin addict really use for pain relief? The labyrinth of experience continues to wind us towards some quiet but definite knowledge. Reincarnation tends to become directional, like a glimmer into the wisdom that could make a bad trip good. Mm. The part of me that loves feeling sick, because at least it's different. As above, so below, 
inverse reflection in the lake of moon colliding sun eclipse as all the outer planets turn forward again. Burn yourself if you look too bright, even into the water. Drop down culmination of ten years of Pluto talking straight to all three parts of me. I'm still at the stage where I see myself as a part of God, like there are all kinds of experiences outside of myself. The stack of my body contains and unfolds every blade of grass and every squirrel chastising every cat, as well as every meteorite. Mm -hmm. I just don't, I just don't know it. Soon knowing will dictate that there is nothing outside of myself. And I will probably grope for that nirvana too. Duck and dodge the smoke from the fire pit. This fire on this morning in this smoky valley needs another log. I fantasize a clear and simple version of my life. Not much to detox from. Standing tall in wantlessness. Convinced of my own quitting. Hope against hope, that conviction will stand against lifetime waves of drip feed reefer addiction. Jesus. Pretty <laughs> 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 to add the drama to it, dude. Wow. Hell it's yeah. my it's my poem, so I can feel the emotions of it. <laughs> yes, yes. Dude, they're always better when you read them. And yeah, totally. <laughs> Good. I'm glad this worked. I'm glad we can do it. Sometimes yeah. we can do it. Sometimes the tech won't let it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am too. This is stellar. Dude. Nice. Mm. I, I love how much you feel. It's so consuming. I have strong feelings. I get to feel things strongly, and I appreciate that part of my experience. I have strong experiences. I really like the part in the poem about feeding the log on the fire. Yeah. There's <laughs> a world happening, and then it just comes down to this log on the fire. It's like I feel as if they all like funnel into this moment of log being placed. So much of the smoking addiction, I think, is this primal urge to connect to the elements and one of the elements being fire. Uh, and it's very healing if you're trying to quit smoking to make fires for other purposes and just connect to the fire element. Wow. Yeah, and fire is that ultimate okay like fire is the hey everything's warm it, it's going to be okay we can handle this hmm. that's one side to it but the other side is burning and like total destruction and release of form yeah yeah mm. how far away are you from this fire or do you jump right inside <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this this podcast with two candles lit in the in the room. I'm about fifteen feet from fire. Two mm. X fire element in the room. Two X two X with a Hig bloom. <laughs> while the while the number two on your keyboard ceases to function, so you require two keyboards to type exclamation marks. <laughs> totally swapping keyboards. Yes. <laughs> keyboard swap. 
that was a good lesson about writing that it's to be cool and have the the emotions be evoked that you don't have to say it that the other person feels it and that was like the best lesson of being cool i've ever heard hmm. mm. making love in in the snake pool her material bubbling up over my balls bubbling up along my spine and over my earlobes she needed a little jerk assist the small bigger <laughs> Constitution, <laughs> little Eden mm -hmm. not warm enough, and surrounded by mud demons. Yeah, yeah, it's all true. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Mr. Morris in, I think it was in senior year, but it might have been in freshman year because I had them both, and he was teaching us how to analyze art. We were looking at a painting, and he was like. You just have to say out loud what you see in the painting. And as you put words to it, it becomes clear what the metaphor or the symbolism or the meaning is within that image. And when we look at our lives and we experience our lives, if you can see the words, if you put the, the words to what you're actually seeing, sometimes it's really helpful to realize that you're in a potent place or a unique or a cool place. Life is poetry. We just have to put the words to it. Whoa. Yes. Put a quote on that. Life mm. is poetry. Put the words to it. Bam slammer. <laughs> I, I feel as if in this podcast we've created like a like an index of the ways that like the experience is felt. Like the, the language models are put over the experience to give it a, like an understanding. The Yeah. Yeah. The I have a sense of like the matrix of language and how it is a hologram for the reality that we're experiencing. Wait, tell me what, yeah, what? I have a better sense of the matrix of language and how it is a hologram for the life that we're experiencing. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, ha I have that too. Yeah, I had a big like, fuck you to that last time we were talking of that matrix of language being put on and like keeping me from like super pure, unadulterated thoughts. Essence of existence that exists beyond language. Yes, yes. Actually, after yeah. that talk where we talked a lot about like religion and God, I was like, dude, fuck church. I got really upset at these overarching ideologies and property holders ringing their bells and kind of putting a sense of normal across the land that is built into their framework of ideas where they have this vision of God as being this dude. I was like, oh man, this whole infrastructure of thought is fucked. Mm. Hmm. That, kind of that's, why, that, that's why Baba's here. He's going to save it. He's going to tie all the religions back together and equalize them and shine the light on what truth is again. Shine the light on who God is and how he takes masculine form and how the creation is all feminine form. And yeah, Baba's going to save us that trouble of the myth. The myth does come again and again and again and gets told again and again and again. And it does get kind of like distorted over time. But this is an exciting time of life because we're very, very close to like the purest version of the myth.
right? The, the myth kind of like modulates and changes over time, depending on the needs of the person who's telling the myth. But when you're not very far from the actual thing itself, then you can still go back and look at it for yourself and examine it, at least as close as you can get. And such a potent time right now to have the power of Baba destroying the falsity of religion across the world. Jeez, dude. Be nicks, bum trips, bullshit. This is a conversation with Jedediah and Sean. We're listening to some music that Sean made for this episode, and now a poem that he wrote right after this conversation. Okay, this is a response to song lines in the key of zero. Pin to that directional oscillation of souls, another several dimensions that threads through eight times faster and from transverse and digressional directions. This is God, like a cross, uniting everything that appears separate. Like two puppets going fisticuffs on a tiny stage under the direction of the same ten fingers. We thought it was two things, not quite touching, but close and seemingly affecting each other. Ballerino lift, like a magician who takes all the song and dance of separateness and flattens it. It was not two things that were close, it was one cloth all along. Only, the threads talk strictly to other threads going in the same direction. They have no awareness of what's going on transverse to their reality, keeping everything together, incessant hold over all infinity, up, down, in and out, left and right, pinned in every way by the third dimension. <clears throat> God's experience is continuous, without a break, or so I am told. Then, why the metaphor of ripping the veil, I wonder, and warn, too, to take care and remove yourself slowly from your own illusion. Have fun. Have all the time you need, <clears throat> while your delete key still works. No removal of space from the matrix will allow you to collapse the separation. Your form now is as close as it gets. Tidal field approximation to the apparition of a time-stamped piece. Subconscious eye gazes past that which I understand why I am writing this, and into the moment where it has changed someone, and changed nothing, because I was chained to the reader all along by that cloth, by that invisible and innumerable thread. So nothing really moved in the end. I don't need the guilt of causation. I need the peace of pause station. So spear me right and left, impaled by my lover most ancient and heavy. Lift me onto the meditation of the crucifix and put me in Jesus' bare feet. I dare myself, dared beyond the point of no return, afraid to come again. The poet must be getting tired. Give me real duty or give me death. I don't want pleasure anymore, but I don't deny it either. Lies upon a moment crystallizing smaller and more conclusive, containing a power beyond the power to visualize, the power to inscribe. Universe is realized, and not a second too soon. You got your dual keyboards blaring? Dual keyboards, swapping in between. 
One of them couldn't do it. One of them couldn't do it too, uh, which is a new scenario. But then the other one doesn't do an explanation point or one. But what I really need is the explanation point, which is just hilarious. What I'm trying to write hardcore center of the earth sci-fi novels, and there can be no explanation points. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only thing it's missing is the exclamation mark. Yeah, I mean, in the one, I mean, in the one. You know, when you read a novel, you almost never see exclamation marks in there. Good writers don't need them. Oh, that's right. Because you're like the the feeling of the exclamation is coming through the backdrop of the story, and as it's like winding up to it. Yeah, they stay cool. The whole story is cool. the The excitement is in you. They're not pushing the excitement on you. Oh, dude, you stay so cool. I'm not pushing any excitement. Fuck. <laughs> I want to talk yeah. about. I want to talk about writing. I want to talk about the fucking fractal um, AI wormholes I got in learning the structure of writing. And I want to hear your like take on it. But I want to yeah. start, I want to start this thing with a poem. Yeah, hit me. Called coherence question mark. Maybe I shouldn't have to use a question mark. <laughs> no, that's perfect. <laughs> It's an infusion of Pelagrathus, the guy that came up with the triangle equation on his island cult as they're taking strings and noticing where they pluck a string, the ratios that make octaves. And they're coming yeah. with Western musical theory and comparing this to celestial bodies and movings of planets and seeing the ratios in these it's an infusion of this with the frequencies that planets and stars and galaxies admit, and then trying to get to a place where your head through CIA meditation gateway techniques is able to tap into these frequencies and telepathically communicate like around the, the planet. Yeah, right? Like you can bounce your thoughts off of those frequency webs. Or join them, bounce off, yeah. or get in uh, like coherence with it, like be within the wave of it. Yeah, coherence patterns of the colliding frequencies of all of the solar systems meeting here, meeting here at our earthly solar system. Beatniks, bumtive bullshit. Higbloom, you got it, dude. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Coherence? <laughs> this is the coherence monochromatic ability a laser with sound effects like paper clips over loudspeakers 2 a.m oscillators and the beeping tones of sonar numbers visual angles shapes sounds shine the purest light into the skull and a hologram lights up with consciousness follows out eye and mouth holes into vapor ooze attunement entrapment bike tire tracks from spilt paint across the pavement waves becoming one propagate with the earth's electromagnetic field inverse proportion back into my head and trim that transmission backwards by looking forwards the electromedia field of frequency traveling around the planet this is global telepathy The gateway process is to resonate with the Earth's field of consciousness, the global buzz, energy, movement, rest, 
peach tights at a traffic light while jogging. Boys on bikes yelling and pounding pavement, dripping fonts, 122 inserts. Sensitivity of the nervous system, vulnerability as strength, red shift, Doppler effect, radio waves, cosmic, microwave, background, radiation, radio signals from planets with magnetic fields like Jupiter, correlating to a tone that fits a ratio on a string that's been weaving your hair with Wi-Fi, lead belly, backbeat, French braid, kissing deep into the brain, a star's temperature, density, mass, distance, luminosity, relation, motive, a frequency ratio of three to two, the perfect fifth ultraviolet, infrared, microwaves, gamma rays, specific ranges of frequencies, resonance, the apple for question dropping, waves at a specific frequency like celestial bodies, numbers, sounds, shapes, radiation across multiple parts of the spectrum, a pattern of proportion and relationship, the harmony of Greek conception, free love between sheets across mega massive quadrants, music so radical it is fundamentally sensitive, so deep it becomes radical, takes over everything and becomes religion, like squeezing lines in a fist, a cat's paw cupping breaths, impossible to win carnival games, one with a single dime, collectrial spears, celestial spheres in the cosmic music made by ratios that become frequency that can be tuned into by entrainment with the hologram of the mind illuminated by the light of consciousness is about the amount of information I gathered from YouTube videos reporting a 1960s CIA operations and the Pelagotherian cult on an island near Greece investigating ratios between musical instruments and the distance between planets. Mm. Okay, okay. This poem is hot, but I think you need to cut out whatever's after YouTube because <laughs> it kind of lost it after that. There was, there, I don't know where it needed to stop, but there was like, that's like everything we're about to talk about is going to link into that because that's got it all right there in it, which I guess it needs YouTube also. But then I was, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm sorry to give you like live criticism, but actually um, we're already, we're already leaving brainwaves because I was, I wanted to ask you for live criticism because I felt <laughs> was stale as I was reading it. As I was reading it, I was like, ah, damn. Just I, now, dude, just you now. were lighting me up. I was, I was like, I was like in a fit of getting hit with that poem. I was like, yeah, I was there with you. I was writing it. And it, I don't know if it was in your voice. Maybe the, maybe your own dissatisfaction finally entered into your voice around the YouTube line. I'm not sure. I'm not hundred percent sure if it was the line itself or the energy of the delivery, but I felt it wane just like right at the very end. Like, wait, this thing was like rocketing and firing. And then at the very, I was like, oh, all this was just YouTube video. This is the summary of your YouTube videos. Right. Well, it was a tag <laughs> where I was like, it was a tag. It was a poem. And then it was a tag. And I was like, all right, well, where, 
where did I learn this? What was the three things that sort of infused into it and to try to give it some sort of like coherence? Yeah, that coherent, dude, that's a good name for it too. <laughs> coherence. <laughs> it, was on this, Not... it was on this trip of uh, like the, the, they were talking about the purest light and they're saying the purest light is a laser because it's monochromatic. Like it's just got one type of color in it. And yeah. Like, like all the waves then are just fucking flowing in. Yeah. It's not a bunch of mixes of all these different frequencies of light. It's just a single frequency all stacked up on itself. Uh, a laser. I could make that poem better. I, I was biking back and I was like, I, I was like, dude, I, I saw these kids riding. They had like a double person bike. It was like a bike and then a basket in front. And the kid was out like yelling and screaming and pounding the basket as his buddy was kind of pedaling uphill. And it was like, I was like, that's the energetic coherence that I'm trying to feel. Like the way that um, emotions and um, emotions. How, those two, how the two bicyclists were like energizing each other up the hill. Yeah, well, it was two yeah. two guys two guys on one bike. He was in a basket in the front of the bike. So as his buddy was going up, he was like pounding the side of the basket and like and <laughs> okay, hollering, okay. and it was sort of like <laughs> giving it this push. And this was actually, and then uh, like at the end of this, we're like in tandem with them. Then there's this babe draw, jogging in like peach peach tights, and she waits at the traffic light. And there was like this coming to rest of her ass as she stops jogging, I was like, that is also the resonance, the like coherence of these celestial bodies, this like magnetic field of Jupiter, like interacting with all of us. It, it led me to think a better poem would have had specific examples of what and evoking what all these things are, gamma rays, magnetic. You, yeah, if you could somehow convey to the reader the coherence that exists between the settling of peach ass cheeks with the banging of a basket on the front of a bike from the person who's sitting in the basket. Like how do those two things cause and relate to each other? That's yeah. something that maybe you can see that's difficult to convey. And that's the purpose of the cohesion poem of the coherence poem. Yes. What what was the line like right before the YouTube line? And then if you don't mind, just read the YouTube line again. If I can ask. Yeah. Like a squeezing limes in a fits, fist, a cat's paw cupping breasts, impossible to win carnival games, one with a single dime, celestial spheres in the cosmic music made by ratios that become frequency that can be tuned into by entrainment with the hologram of the mind illuminated by the light of consciousness is the amount of info i gathered from youtube videos reporting a 1966 cia cult and a pelagrian on an island near greece investigating ratios between musical instruments and the distance between planets yeah i think it just needs the last thing cut it's just the it should just end at the what did you say hologram of the mind yeah yeah, that's the that's the strong ending. All right, I'm cutting it right now. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Live Backspace. edits. Backspace. Yeah, I wanted you to like. I was like, dude, this could be a collaboration poem. Like, have him like 
What if the key that didn't work on your keyboard was the backspace? <laughs> yeah, only forward. <laughs> this is like the dimension that we're stuck in <laughs> or that we find ourselves in. Yeah, we find ourselves in the only forward dimension and yet we're in the, yeah. existing in like hacks and backspace like resonant fields where we like well, if, think that yeah, we're if you, in the past. If you ask me, we're not we're we're stuck in the backwards space of time. <laughs> we think we're going forward. We we've been over this. Yeah, um, dude, wait, hit me again, dude. I can always travel backwards <laughs> time from the big thing with you, my man. <laughs> you were doing it nicely in your poem there, because there was a line where you like I forget how you said it. you're like looking forward while you're working backwards or something like what you're doing is behind you, but you're looking forward to accomplish it. Yeah. That was a line inspired from the way that you write with going forwards and backwards inverse proportion back into my head and trim that transmission backwards yeah. by looking forwards. Mm, not, okay. This is the other cohesion coherence that I want to bring to the table. This is a realization I was getting as I was driving back from Mono. Uh, uh, you, like, to, it, it's kind of an obvious idea, so it doesn't seem that cool. But basically, the thing is, we hold our emotions in our face. Mm, yeah. Anytime that we're having any kind of an emotional experience, like, take a second and become aware of the physicality of your facial muscles and your sacral, like, are not, well, it's like related to craniosacral therapy was part of this thought because these craniosacral therapists will do these incredibly subtle and minute adjustments on like your cranial bones, just like the tiniest little like shift of a movement of like what's going on in your septum or something like that, like to make an adjustment on you. And I realized that you could do this in yourself. You can feel your facial muscles and bones. And if you're having some kind of a strange emotion, it will be there in your face somewhere. And if you kind of sit for a minute and just like relax your whole facial system and like you can move yourself through things just by becoming aware of your face and what it's doing right now. And like the shape of your bones in your skull. Oof. Totally tripping out. You do that thing you're never supposed to do. Say Beetlejuice three times while looking in the mirror while you're on acid. <laughs> Look it into like all of your inner structures. And then you just take your fingertips to your fucking cheeks and your skull. Cranial sacral, that's skull muscles, like skull plates. Like you're just moving your skull around. A little bit. Yeah. Very subtly. And like that they'll just kind of like hold your like neck and head and then they can feel the cerebral spinal fluid has this like rhythm that, that, you know, like kind of like goes down to like the lower areas of your body and then it goes up into your head and they can feel it moving through um, like your spine and they use evil spinal fluid and fucking rhythming it. It's a great rhythm of the body. It's a great rhythm of the body, this kind of like wave that the cerebrospinal fluid makes up and down the spine. And it coincides with like the rhythm of our thoughts. And so you're having one of these sessions with these people who can feel the fluid moving and they'll make their little adjustments like 
as you're thinking that as the like change is happening in your thoughts, they'll move their hands with your thought. And it just feels like your whole consciousness is being held. And like, you feel this kind of telepathic connection, like, whoa. Um, yeah. Craniosacral therapy is awesome. And uh, it just doesn't take that much it's like a little bit of awareness and you kind of shift it slightly from the mood itself and the feeling you're feeling to the physical like expression of it your face is you know like our bodies carry our consciousness around like this perfect vehicle mm. and it's it's always a reflection of what's going on inside that's why if you look at like a really cute person who's like connected and engaged with their environment and they're having unique and beautiful thoughts the thoughts like go over their face and you see all these like wonderful things happening within their system because it's just emerging from their face very naturally. Yes. Yes. I've become mm -hmm. such a perv the more like awareness I've gotten because it's so <laughs> into watching these emotions like on people's faces and to feel like tension and excitement in people's faces. I'm like, it's just so much better than I just, when I was in, when I went through puberty, I, I was not thinking about expressions and emotions. Mm -hmm. It's a different level. But how does this relate to you being a perv? Like you just kind of perving out on the emotion itself? Yeah, maybe perv is like, yeah, like I'm into it. I'm into right, it. Right, right. Just like, like that, it that it almost feels like maybe you shouldn't be watching quite as closely or as aware of what this person's feeling, but there it is. It's right on their face. How can you not look? <laughs> totally. totally. <laughs> I mean, might be. I might be using that as like a, an endearing, an endearing sure. the word. I, I I mean, like I get off on it. Maybe right, I, right, right. I do. I get off on expressions and emotions and like seeing it in people's faces, but. You bringing it up right now, it does seem simple, but I have never actually thought about it in those terms, that your face does hold your emotions. That, right. Yeah, it seems like almost too obvious where you're like, well, what are you talking about? But then it's like, you don't usually feel it in your own face. You kind of see it on other people. You might see it in the mirror, but you don't like physically feel the shape of your head and your skull bones. And that you can actually change those things a little bit by like releasing pressure or releasing muscle tension. In this way, your physicality is affecting your thoughts the way that your thoughts also affect your physicality. It's like you're in this feedback loop of mm. and face. And Man, I don't know uh, what it is right now. It's either my Ethiopian coffee with the bourbon maple or it's just this conversation, but I'm getting like almost palpitations. I got like that, like shaky, vibrating feeling in my chest where I'm like all hyped up right now. Up right now. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. right uh, yeah. Get into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's your face doing? Well, smiling and laughing, I guess, but there's probably a hint of like concern or, uh, yeah, that like, where you're trying to like figure something out or think a little bit and like you have to go back in your mind to get there mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah it's floating along and it's like at what point are you going to dip into it or what point you'll lose it back <laughs> you can adjust that with uh physicalities of focus like you can your breath 
can guide your focus and like calm states and then your eyes can look to 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 look with your conscious states i should tell you that i was just listening uh yesterday to the uh miami cannabis visions episode of the bbb yeah 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 and uh it was it was unique and potent timing for me personally to be hearing that episode but there was also many things that I wanted to kind of comment about or like bring just kind of like fold that back in some of the things that were going on in that one um that was a great episode by the way super fun to listen to and I was listening to it as I was processing these like 20 to 30 pounds of elderberries that we picked from the mountains um yeah <laughs> that's a lot of elderberry dude that's a lot of vitamin C Hell yeah. It was, it was kind of trippy. We drove past this like, almost like field of elderberries on the way out, and we're like, oh, we got to stop here on the way back, and uh, and so we did. It was so many like just laden, super heavy, you know, elder mother plants. It was like at least like six or seven on this like semi abandoned property. Like it's one of those properties that someone was putting a little bit of work into, but it like wasn't very far along. You know, they had like a three-sided uh, cinder block wall for like stacking materials and things and like some like piles of firewood and like, but like even like a little bit of paved stuff, but like not much going on and just all these beautiful elder plants. So we stopped, we're picking elderberries and as we're there and Taya had kind of like blocked the driveway I love this tone, this like setup with semi event. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really that cool of a story, but it was just weird that we were on this private property picking these elderberries and some dude in his truck like drives up and we're like, uh oh, we're gonna be in trouble. Mm. But the guy, but the guy just kind of ignored us and went down and like started collecting firewood. We were like right there. Like he definitely saw us, but he didn't bother to say anything to us. And what was weird about it is he had to do some kind of hardcore like off-roading or like drive over a bush or something to even get into the property because Teo was blocking the driveway, but he got in anyway <laughs> and proceeded to not say anything to us. So I don't know who that guy was, but it was kind of funny. <laughs> um, so I bring all this up. Because I'm listening to, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to soul lines. I'm listening to song lines. Um, you know these like incredible, uh, like our souls. You know, oscillating through, going the directions they're going, and then we get uh, near somebody else, and we start kind of orbiting each other. We're like bouncing off of each other, and you never leave a very far orbit from this other soul's path, right? Uh, yeah. And, it, you know, and then like this relating to the celestial bodies that are traveling and orbiting each other. And you had a nice description in that episode of the how the sun is moving really quickly in a direction and all the planets are kind of trailing behind it. Um, and and I was thinking about this process of like orbiting each other that we have our directions, but that we can get in coherence with someone else. And then we start like pulling on each other and pulling back so we don't get too far away from each other. And like, we keep our directions the same, almost like the double helix style, like double two strands that are woven together and spiraling. Word. Like, uh, 
yo, like Wally and Eva when they're dancing in space outside of the Axiom. Um, and I guess part of what I was thinking about that I wanted to add to it is like how much this looks like what the stars are doing and that it's really cool that there are binary star systems out there. And also that different celestial bodies have different gravity. And so two people of a kind of similar gravity can orbit each other and it will be somewhat sustainable. They might be pretty close in gravity, but usually one of them's a bit bigger or maybe even one of them's considerably bigger. And then that bigger gravity object is kind of determining the overall direction a bit more. And really the smaller one is just kind of orbiting that one. Sometimes it can be more equal and they're kind of both guiding the show, but very frequently it will be that one of them is a bit more like directional and has a bit more gravity. And then the smaller object will just kind of orbit around it. Or we'll maybe even get seven or eight or 10 or 12 objects orbiting around it. And this is when it starts to look like a situation with like a disciple spiritual master kind of thing. Mm. So like zoom so, out on all that. Wait, and then it's like, zoom, let me, if for the listener, if they haven't watched that episode, like of uh, what we're talking about is song lines being these soul lines. And it's, it's like a vision of your soul being eternal. And it's this beam of light and it's, continuing forever and then as you travel as your beam of light and trajectory you will come up against other beams of light and that's where sparks happen as your beams of light hit and these sparks then come into this reality and that possibly is like the fuel for this reality is those sparks hitting it's like that's why this reality literally is made of love because maybe those sparks are are love nice your lines as they're traveling sometimes they meet up with another line in their trajectory and they start weaving with each other and these in human form can be relationships so you can weave with somebody for like a long-term relationship an ltr and you're going for like seven years and you'll create some sort of weaving shape or you could be an oak tree and have been weaving for however thousands of years it took to create oak trees but it comes into this like idea that you can have great loves that go through multiple lifetimes and that they're weaving with each other and creating these these woven shapes that can become like dna right. shapes, oak trees so this is the so the, idea. the expansion that i want to see in this vision you're building is past the like pairs of objects that get intertwined to like the larger groups of things and um you know, cascading objects in other words like those two people might be kind of orbiting each other and oscillating together in their direction but both of them may not realize that there's yet another body that's even more massive than either of them and maybe further away that they're orbiting like, like the sun is orbiting the center of the galaxy. Um, uh, and as planets, as planets, we just feel like we're orbiting the sun, but really we're orbiting the center of the galaxy. So two people can be kind of orbiting each other, but then they don't even realize that there's an invisible spirit master that they're orbiting. Who's like bringing them in to, you know, some kind of other fold. Um, and, and I, I, I love, 
Go ahead. Oh, I just, I feel like, I mean, I feel like we can see this happening with the, with the sun and, and the planets and us in rotation around this. And then the galaxy is spinning through the Milky Way and then the Milky Way is spinning on another one. And it's like all doing these right. things. Right, right. And like, you know, so like other other social structures that you could start to look at this through would be like a business. So if there's like an owner of a business, then there's going to be several, you know, like managers and things that are orbiting that person. And then each manager has the people they're managing. All those people are orbiting that person when they're in that part of their life and they're traveling through those waves, um, you know, and then they bounce off of that thing and orbit back home where they're orbiting their their wife or their partner for a while until the next day they bounce back and now they're orbiting business life again um and uh yeah this is kind of unrelated but that picture of the solar system moving you know i was thinking about that and i was wondering what orientation the planets are orbiting in relation to the direction of the sun and i realized that it must be perpendicular it could not be like a flat thing going along on its flat angle it's got to be like a disc you know i'm sorry like if you throw a frisbee it doesn't look like throwing a frisbee it looks like a frisbee flying flat on its face through the air because the planet i'm not describing this very well but like it's like a plate that's you know going straight how do i say this the the solar system is traveling perpendicular to its flatness and that's so cool and weird feeling because you can almost imagine like one direction of the solar system is up and the other one is down. Like we're going in one of those directions and leaving the other direction behind, maybe down below us. Um, My mind was blown with that, uh, that visualization gif where you take the orbit right. of the universe and it's normally the, so what contemporary I've seen was the sun in the middle and then the planets are spinning around it. And then somebody just flipped it on the side and gave it the perspective of like a really rad comic book, but what is like actually what's happening. And the whole fucking thing is spiraling like a missile. Yeah, when you see the trails of it, like they have it animated, you see that they're all these spirals and helixes. But it is like a disc that's just, you know, it's not like the planets are falling behind the sun. Like they're maybe it is ever so slightly cone shaped but what a cool and weird shape it's such a spaceship that we're on oh so it yeah 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 because this it is launching like a missile and i'm picturing it going in this way like an uppercutting fist across space but it is a disc it is like a frisbee but it's like an inverted almost frisbee where it's like kind of melted and the sides are coming down down. yeah it's yeah it's like moving yeah, it's, in this yeah, 90 degree like, orientation to how a yeah, frisbee would move on earth um yes okay i see that yeah yeah <laughs> potent shape very potent shape i was i was just thinking about, i was I would, like well it couldn't move well, like a frisbee normally like does, frisbee normally normally does. does. because then the planets would like slow down and speed up the planet as they were trying to get in front of the sun it's not like that like they're all going kind of at the same speed with the sun um <laughs> they couldn't they couldn't change their speed to get ahead of the sun and then slow down to get behind it you see what i mean like the whole thing is like this big flat plane that's just moving through it's super dimensional super dimensional mm.
Pythagoras. I like the vision of him on his island with his math cult. And they're getting so off on the ratios of the planets and the stars and measuring it. Like they're just at this dimension, at this level of seeing the ratios between the planets as they're flying. Yeah. If that guy heard the music that we were listening to today, I think he would be sorely upset. That was like sacrilegious to them, the idea of even even temperament. It's even they're like what? Yeah. They're like, yo, dude, those are not perfect fifths. You can't you can't make an octave like that. <laughs> Cause we make this like slight adjustment, you know? Like it's it it's no longer perfect in order to maintain the relationship over multiple octaves. Um if you played like straight Pythagor Pythagorean music, not only would it be a lot more boring because it'd be missing a lot of our notes, but it would sound really like weird and an awkward and uncomfortable if you were playing more than one octave. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, they ended up killing each other over it. There was like some some notes you could not play. Exactly. Yeah. It was sacrilegious like, to play these tones. So you cannot play so, that note against this note. <laughs> so much so that they would like kill each other on the island. I mean, that's like a whole scene. That was probably like 150 years of people getting off on music and ratios and like living in the self-contained area of surrounded by water where they're still no wearing like sheets and towels. No wonder I'm a little bit afraid of singing. There was a time when if you sang the wrong note, that was it. Yeah. Life and death singing. You might be <laughs> good at it. Do you have any luck dissolving your ego through your voice this week? A little bit because you sent me, um, well, you didn't actually send me. I had to search on SoundCloud for the link to find your um, uploads. And the, the Tekken Ska one, um, when I first played that, I had that feeling of embarrassment about my voice. Like my voice just sounded really weak. And I was like, ah, oh, I don't like my performance on this. I was pretty embarrassed when I heard it the first time. But then I listened to it again more closely in headphones. And then I listened to it again. And uh, it's really nice it's a really good mix and it was like this self-acceptance and self-love of like oh no my voice doesn't sound bad it doesn't sound weak or thin it's just like natural and relaxed and kind of casual and just doing its thing it was like a an acceptance of the ego that my voice was representing rather than a judgment of it and it was um word oh that is the pinpoint it's an acceptance of the ego that my voice was making and not a judgment. So when you're dissolving your voice through your ego, you're dissolving the judgment aspect. You're transcending judgment. Mm. Yes. Which is crucial to do because the voice is the ego. Like the voice is the personality in much the same like way that the face is. That's a, yeah. Functions. Yeah. 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 And then there's the light that's traveling through our eyeballs, through the holes in our skull, and into the consciousness of our brain. And I loved how literal you and Ida were defining enlightenment as this just like 
ability for light to move into the channels of ourselves and like through our personal histories and um you know enlightenment is just like being able to see the things that we couldn't see before oh yeah tell me more about that i had forgotten that sensation well this was part of listening to the you know miami cannabis visions for me because part of my trip this week was that i was uh detoxing from smoking way too much weed and um I was at a state with my weed smoking where I just needed it to feel normal. And if I didn't smoke weed, then I started to feel fucking weird and uncomfortable. And I didn't, I wasn't getting high. I just felt very, very normal. And I had to continue to smoke weed to feel that way. And so it was interesting. Well, you didn't have any through. like low out grand super highness. It was just like, oh fuck, now I'm just like normal all the time. Uh, well, no, coming down from like months of smoking weed was weird because it was like being on a drug without taking a drug. It was like, oh, now I'm not taking this drug and I feel like I'm on drugs because it's weird to not have it in my system. Oh, going forwards while looking backwards or going backwards while looking forwards. You had the inverse proportion. Yeah. And like, so to get the perspective of, um, you know, someone who hadn't used any cannabis for an entire year and their system was pure. And then they, you know, go on this like vision journey of it where they're like having, you know, visionary experiences, seeing things like through the reality that otherwise you wouldn't normally be able to see because you're so far out on this metabolic spectrum. That's like unfamiliar to your system. And it kind of throws you into this like unexpected place, uh, where you having experiences, you know, you seeing things that you don't normally see. And I was like, wow, that's, uh, you know, that's a much more powerful use of, of a medicine like that. Let it be something rare and special, you know? No, yeah. Word. It's so much better when it's rare and, and specialized. I mean, if, you, if your metabolism gets to the spot that it's just like, that's what it's hankering and it puts you in the zone. You gotta get well, me. we all have our different metabolic signatures and things that, you know, really light us up. But if it's just some material, you know, chemical substance or something that like we're more in love with than anything else. And our entire happiness is based on how much of this level of this thing we have in our system. Yeah. I love That's... hearing about your fucking love of weed, dude. It's bad. I was so... I, I yeah. you know what dude i like that you're ashamed too it's like this is me perving on your emotions right i can't even <laughs> see it i don't just like yeah dude he's so i also i do feel a pang in my heart because i i remember that feeling and i'm like oh that fucking sucks dude it sucks to like kind of die to yourself and not have the inspiration and have the music be boring and like to not <laughs> have like the ability to like wake up and like be accepting the glory of the morning to be like so away from all that yeah i mean it's kind of like that i've experienced it like that before on like other times when i've quit it before this time was different because I was so deep in it, it really was like a drug coming out of it. I, it was like a multiple day trip, like this uncomfortable, disturbing trip. And like, when is it going to end? Like, 
in a way I was kind of more lit up because I wasn't getting lit up from the weed anymore, but then I got lit up in this like difficult sort of a way. And yeah, it, it was a weird experience. Up. Yeah. You got to stop sooner before that. If you know, like, <laughs> once you notice if you're not getting lit up anymore, then it's you've, you've passed that brink. Right. Dude, you gotta get right. on the island, join the math cult, study the planets, learn the ratios, and start like incorporating the right ratios of use and non-use. Dude, I was just seeing a video of uh, Bobby McFerrin somewhat recently organized a twenty-four hour continuous improvisational singing event in some kind of like cathedral with a whole bunch of musicians. Fuck yeah. And- it was like the most epic ecstatic singing they were oh man i was like whoa i want to have an experience 24 hours continuous singing with like 50 people in a giant cathedral and they were rocking rocking (laughs) i don't even know bobby's still alive is he still hot yeah, he's good. He cl- he gathers his like favorite singers and goes on tour with them and lets them do most of the work. Singing for 24 hours in the cathedral. Oh. <clears throat> Hopefully you don't sing the wrong Pythagorean note. <laughs> <sighs> They're improvising? Yeah, they were improvising. Like yeah totally let's 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 just you know make a ceremony stay in the musical flow no no leaving the musical flow 24 hours let's see if we can do it Mm -hmm. dude the feeling i am that i'm digging into in this is the uh in the sense of enthusiasm that they have for the music Picture you haven't gotten high and then you just rip a bowl and now you're like awake and alert and you're like into it and you're playing techno and it's just like fucking sizzling. Ah, picture this, the high wears off and like, okay, I needed some Chinese food. <laughs> These people have none of that. They're entering into it and getting off on the music for so long that they're not sleeping. They're like going into trance states. It's, it's kind of similar to the excitement of you're just about to kiss somebody or you just put the bar down on a roller coaster and you're like, yo, yo, it's like clicking up the tracks. Mm. This feeling mm-hmm. of being engaged. Because I imagine you'd have to be that engaged to continue singing, like to sing past hours or be something like, I'm wondering what it is they're getting off on, like in the sense of what is charging them up. Maybe it's people watching and it's like a performance, or maybe it's just that they're with Bobby and he's like this nuclear reactor of like it's energy. The, energy. It's, the, it's the coherence. It's the love energy between them and the like fuel that's spilling out from so many people orbiting so closely to each other. <clears throat> I'm sure that there were individuals who were getting tired and like taking a break or taking a nap or something, but it's the group. If the whole group can have this drive to like continue the music and stay connected to each other in that flow space, as long as the group dynamic stays alive, individuals can pop in and out of it even. Um, Yeah, that would be, man, what about a space where this was just going on continuously and you could come and go as you wanted? Like, this is where we all make music. Anytime, 
any time of day, the music is happening in this spot. And you keep the fire going like an Olympic torch or that like first yeah. fire when Primeval <clears throat> like caught it from lightning. And they're like, don't let that fucking thing go out as you're traveling across winter landscapes and you hold it against your chest inside the embers. Like it's like the music is that important that it needs to keep pulsing. Mm-hmm. You're going mm-hmm. with it. Some sort of space that's holding it together, like a dome-shaped frisbee going through the universe following the sun. Dude, I was- oh, excuse me. You know, there are certain asteroids, uh, I believe, I'm not, that, that like orbit not in the same plane as everything else in our solar system. Oh, oh. That's yeah. kind of weird to think about those ones because they maybe do have some degree of like a bit of speeding up or slowing down they're like cattywampus to that whole disc shape we're talking about. Those are out there too. Many possibilities. There's asteroids floating around in this domed frisbee. <laughs> and they're on their own trajectory. They're on, there's the whole asteroid belt, which separates the inner planets from the outer planets. Um, yeah, we've got a pretty cool system going on. So what, you were detoxing on weed at the hot springs? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I sent the poem, uh, which I could read later, but it was like, and I had already known that I was addicted to the bong because a bong will give you, you know, more smoke at one time than you can get any other way. And so if you get really used to that delivery system, then if you're trying to you know smoke off of a joint or a little pipe or something you're just never ever going to get as much as you were getting from the bong and so even though i brought tons of weed and stuff with me i didn't bring my bong and then i was like the first day we were there i was just like you know fiending and like smoking my little pipe like you know every 20 minutes or every hour or something oh no but but still detoxing despite that i'm smoking so much oh no oh no it's like, I'm trying to get as much into my system as I can, but it's still a lot less than I was used to. So I was just withdrawing, even though I was trying as hard as I could to not withdraw. You were and, like a fucking like Popeye hitting the spin. And, and still coming down. And still coming down. <laughs> and you're out in the woods and you're at a hot spring and you got all the mineral baths. And you're probably, mm-hmm. too, you're probably naked and like immersed in nature. Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 Have you been able to like articulate or have a vision of what it is the high state is? Like the high state that you're sinking, like when you're like, yep, I'm here and this is the feeling when the metabolic like hit has come in and how that affects your emotions and sensation, the satisfaction of being there. Mm. That would be a cool fucking poem to like really know what it is to be like locked in high. Hmm. Yeah. You're, you're, you're giving me flashing. You're flashing me on some kind of an understanding about the illusion of seeking a high because, um, you know, a good stable foundation is so healthy and important for us. I, I, I'm, you know, a bipolar type person. So I have a tendency towards the extremes of highs and lows. And I'm it's part of my lifetime learning to become more stable and grounded. Uh, 
No, it's not. No, it's not. And be, yeah, triple Capricorn me needs to be more grounded. Being in a church for 24 hours. Yeah, this is like, I, but that's, we're talking about this vision that I have where I'm kind of like trying to reach out to some kind of high state. Yeah, yeah. And, go you know, Your lifetime bring, journey is to go further. Your lifetime it, journey is to die trying. It brings me to the wisdom of Montauk Chia. Thousands of people along on your chariot. <laughs> All right, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> Montauk Chia and the Valley Orgasm is kind of the same wisdom that you can apply to this circumstance. If you're seeking the climax and the peak, you may or may not get it, but it's gonna be very temporary and inherent to that situation of seeking a peak, you're gonna end up experiencing a lot of lows and like an expensive period of time that's kind of void or null. Mm. But if instead of going, if instead of going for a peak, you're going to like just gradually build your foundation, the ground level, the level that you're constantly orbiting around this level of, you know, like how high or low you are. Yeah. If you can take, if you can take your foundation point and gradually bump it up and then it stays there, that's what you're looking for. So the better thing is not to like be too obsessed with how high you can get in any particular moment. Uh, it's, it's better to just sort of like be a bit indifferent to the waves of your consciousness that are either bringing you up or down, just kind of like observe those tendencies that, that give you a boost or, or pull you back a bit and then add a neutralizing effect to them to, to ground them out and create stability. And then from that stability, you can gradually sort of build to a place where you're, you yeah, know, but you're, you don't do that. You don't do that. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to you're do that. I'm trying to live more like that. You're you're trying to travel with your bong. You're trying. To I pro maybe I should have traveled. What, what I knew it was going to happen. I knew what, what was going to happen. The bong hits though. That's what I want to know. Like, just tell me what that state is like when the bong hits. Are you talking about the bong after you've already smoked it five times that day, or are you talking about the bong after you haven't smoked it for a month? After you haven't smoked it for a month, you're in your shed, you got like some crystal chronic that's so sticky and it reeks of like 25 pounds of elderberries funneled <laughs> through a well, skull. This is this is the problem, is that in that state, I probably have some idea that I want as much of this as I can possibly get right now, as fast as possible. Uh, so that it gets through my blood-brain barrier before the blood-brain barrier starts shutting it down and creating a tolerance. Um, that's the whole purpose of the that's bomb. The whole You're getting an, the entire bowl purpose. in that's one rip instead of that's the whole you know having to spend like five minutes smoking it because it's really that first puff that gets through more than anything else. Um, and so you have this concept so you, that you need way, need way more way, than you way, more way, one way, So you take too much and then you think it's going to make you feel ecstatically awesome, but actually it's just kind of uncomfortable and like too much. I want to hear the non-reason. I want to hear what it is. Okay, listen to the Beatles, dude. And you're too much, too much, too much now, too much now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? It's like 
in that song, that song feels so good. And you want to be in that state where you're overwhelmed and everything is birthday cake. And for you to take it is too much. Um, or take a piece, but not too much is one of the lines in the song. And because that's kind of the experience of a psychedelic. You're like, I'm getting more life than I should right now. I'm experiencing too much life all simultaneously right now. And it's a wonderful feeling, but what's latent in that feeling that you don't understand is that your consciousness will be a little bit robbed and tired afterwards, like potentially for months or years. So don't do it. Just let it build. Like the yeah, reason that Ida was having that mystical state is because she had purified herself for a year and like built up this intentional practice of awareness. Um, Word. But what, you can't preach on the BBB when you don't do it. I want to hear. No, I'm, do it, I'm doing it right now, but I'm only a week in. <laughs> I want to hear about what it is you like. I want to hear about what it is to have that state. That state of uh, of birthday cake to be swimming in well, cake. Okay, I will get to that. Uh, just one of one more harping that I'm trying to learn how to get to that state without any external um, supplement. But uh, yeah, the the supplements and the things that give us boosts. Um, what do we like about them? We like awareness. We like yeah. love. We want to feel things. Yo. Uh, we want we want to feel alive. Yes. And yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, the things that make us feel that way consistently, um, those are the healthy things. That's the laser going into the skull and illuminating the brain as a hologram. It's like consciousness. And when you get that, and then you're like, you can bring everything into it. That's what's up. Mm. That's one of my favorite uh, mystic sayings is that there's filaments or there's bits of the feelings and the realizations. Like you can go to the places, but to maintain it and then to be able to cultivate those places just on your own supply. That's, that's where it's at. That is totally where it's at. Because you can have a glimmer of it, you can shoot a rocket off, but you, it's hard to get back. But if you can cultivate your own whirlpool in the jacuzzi and then just start rolling around in it, then it's yours. It's yours and you can go up and down, back and forth, all directions within it. Yeah, you don't really have it until it's coming from within you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't really, you can experience it. You can get glimmers of it but you don't have it until it is you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not to rub it in your face, but I was leaving fucking hot yoga class today, walking down the stairs after sweating probably like a whole quart of water. I was like, weed? I, like, I was remembering how much I used to like weed and I was felt so far from that. Yeah. I was like, I was like this would just pale. I was like, yeah, it'd be pretty fun probably. Actually, no, I take it back. It would be pretty rad to get hella high and do hot yoga. Never mind. Take it back. No. Don't don't flip it around, man. <laughs> Either way is good. It, it was interesting because it was like second or second or third day, I realized that the withdrawing process was inevitable. So then I was kind of trying to go with it and like intentionally smoking less, getting more uncomfortable the whole time. And then it was like the 
it was in the evening before going to bed and I was like really, really struggling and, and kind of inexplicably un uncomfortable. And I was like, okay, okay, I'll just have a smoke. It'll probably make me feel better. Had my little puff. And, uh, but then I just got even more uncomfortable and sick and like, even like throwing up sick. So it was like the final kind of association that the circumstances gave for me. Like now at this moment, when I think about smoking, I'm like, Oh, that's going to make me ill. If I smoke the last thing that just happened when I smoked was I got fucking sick and I puked. <laughs> now that's the association I have with smoking. And I don't mind holding that association for a while. Cause that will probably be better for me. The body's so smart. The body's so it kind of, yeah, it kind of made it easy. Like it did that on purpose so that I wouldn't want to do it as much. Yeah, yeah, dude. Dude, your face holds your expressions. Your eyes lead to focus. Your breath calms the nervous system. You're continuing like light that is full of levels of enlightenment. The body totally knows to make you puke when it's just like, all right, we've had enough weed with this. I had a nice experience yesterday where I was taking a walk and like, just kind of feeling the rhythm of walking and like it felt good and my body was just kind of naturally accelerating on its own and like I didn't in any way intend to go for a jog but my body was just speeding up and I just naturally like fell into a jog Ooh. and then just like in a similar way where you're like in a hot spring and it's kind of intense but you're sitting with it uh and and then you know you can you can sit with it as long as you want, like with the awareness that it's a bit difficult or uncomfortable. And then eventually you, you know, allow yourself to get out of the hot spring and have like the reset. It was like that with the jogging where I was like, okay, now I'm jogging and I'm here. It's almost like being in a pool in a hot spring and I can stay with this as long as I want. And I know it's a little bit difficult and a little bit uncomfortable to be jogging, but it's kind of good in its own way. And so I'll sit with it and like, just be in this state for a little while and then, you know, step out when I'm ready. It was a nice feeling. Yeah. Being able to navigate those uncomfortable spaces is what's up. And yeah. Like, how can we noticing what's uncomfortable, how to transmute it so that we accept it. And then we like expand ourselves. Which ones to lean into and which ones to be like, nah, I need to rest. Or which ones is just like, oh, I'll get wider and stronger and feel better because of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which things are like actually hurting you and killing you versus which things are kind of good for you and will make you stronger if you get through them. So you're weakened and not smoking. That's cool. I'm not smoking anymore. <laughs> yeah, and you're getting high on coffee. Presently, pretty high on coffee and yeah. elderberry. Coffee high is pretty nice. Coffee high is pretty good. That's one of those things I'm going to be cutting out more. I don't think that's super healthy for me. No, no. I don't. No. It doesn't have it. It doesn't have nearly the hold over me personally that that we did. Not, you know, everybody has a different relation to different things. Some drugs will like really hit someone really hard and like affect them super strongly. Another person could have the exact same thing, and like. They're just like, eh, whatever, I don't even feel that, or that doesn't do anything for me. And like, yeah, for me, the tendency to be a weed addict <laughs> is wholly there. You know, if I don't have my tolerance going, <clears throat> one puff of weed for me is probably similar to heroin for a heroin addict. And That's it's like- I'm trying to drive that is, I, I just want 
to know what it is you get from it. Because there's something really good and equalizing and like it turns your consciousness to a spot that it's like, it's like, yeah, fuck yeah. If you, just at some point, write a poem that like articulates that. <laughs> it's so easy to accept everything. And there's just this like humongous foundational layer of I feel good that you're approaching every situation with. Mm-hmm. And it, yes. Yes. <laughs> those will kick in Mm -hmm. yeah regulating factor is the heart the mind is kind of constantly bubbling and does what the mind does in a natural way and if you can just be mind based and like let that always be the first thought out the mouth but with regulating factor of the heart then the the response becomes like deeper and more profound and wider and potentially more beneficial. Yeah, you start authentic and then you get your input back by what you said. And now you have this emotional stream coming in too. And then it starts to like build in. Now you're creating a relation with a person and you can mm-hmm. feel like where this relation is going. And if you've gone too far, then they put up a wall and you no longer have that relation. So it's like, right, well, what are you gonna do with that? You want the relation, so you pull back and then let the space connect again. I want to introduce a new sort of visual tool for understanding the the center of consciousness, which is that at any given moment, moment at any given of time, time. Yes, my man. This is podcasting. Yes, my man. This, this is, is it. Is You're doing it. You're... Yeah. It Tell hit me that. There's this, it's kind of like a Y or like a bifurcation shape or a fork in the road that is sort of at the center of center every moment of, of our every lives. Moment of our every lives. Moment. We're always making a choice whether we realize it or not. Every moment of our and it's like these, life is just perpetually bifurcating. That's like the potentiality of life. And so to become aware of those choices, as, you know, like just picturing that this is one of the fundamental shapes that the universe is making is this why we're constantly kind of choosing which way we go gives us a lot of power to make the right, not necessarily the right choice, but like the choice that we want to make at that time. If I understand you so far, you're introducing a bifurcation of consciousness in that you're faced with a why you have like a a direct, but every time you have a direction of left or right. Yeah. And it could be like a, you know, a three-pointed fork too. It's not like there's always just one thing or the other thing, but I think frequently it it does present to the consciousness like a this or that kind of a choice. And, you know, then we can stop and be like, well, maybe I want to do the other, but it's not necessarily important that you're getting stuck on like a a, a two-faced track. But the point is that you're always making some choice. There's always choices going on and just becoming aware of the very nature that choice is like so key to the moment of experience then we can become more powerful with how we choose oh i like it when we come to the table with these like consciousness developments Mm -hmm. so you're seeing that in consciousness you're faced with choices directional choices so simple i'm like yeah 
Picture the song lines. Picture the soul like a string that's oscillating in a direction, and each oscillation is a choice, like going back and forth. And it's like that oscillation could change the ultimate direction that you're going in if it starts to go a little bit more left, 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 or mm-hmm. it can go right, right. You know, like the 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 oscillation is constant. We're constantly oscillating, and it's going on so much so that it sort of feels like we don't have control over our direction. You see, but we actually do. It's just in terms of getting better at being aware of the choice. Oh, oh. Yeah, being aware of the choice and the things that are also kind of choosing for you. Like you're not, I'm oftentimes not aware of the choice because I have other factors like filtering into me that's kind of making it for me without me like sinking into it's just like, oh, I have a choice here. Well, a frequent choice is crushing ourselves, which means kind of going with the flow of other things that's usually not exactly what you would want. A frequent choice is crushing ourselves. Yo, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if we can start to uh, categorize the types of choices that come up, you know, we're usually either acting on what we want or we're acting from a place of renunciation because you another part recognizes that what you want is not necessarily the best. Hmm. When did you first see this? Why? In the kitchen this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I don't I don't remember what the choice was. It was some like, you know, very like subtle minor choice of I, I don't remember what it was. Something about the elderberries, I think. Yes, yes. <laughs> the berries pulling you in with their their like a residence field. What is it about working with these elderberries that makes me feel so masculine and like dirty and almost inappropriate to be working with these berries because I'm a man? I mean, they're full of juice. They're like ready to pop. You're like moving them with your hands. You're like oozing through it. They're the elder mother, you know? They're just so like sacred and special. And it's almost (laughs) like my male hands are too dirty to touch them. Yeah, yeah. You wash your hands before you start squishing them all? I've heard that women are much better at trimming herb than men are. <laughs> like, in, Wouldn't you rather have your herb trimmed by a woman than by a man? Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on the people. I, I was making my elderberry syrup and I was like, I would rather Tay was making this for some reason. <laughs> yeah. I am about to make soup after this, and there is something to the hands that are making a thing. I was like, almost like I should play music while I'm making the soup so that the vibe gets into it. There is yeah, like a thing about the hands that prepare the food, that squish the elderberry. Yeah, yeah. And if you're making it for yourself, that's all fine and good, though it would still be nice to get uh, someone else making it. And, uh, you know... Um, I don't think I don't think that was the choice I was making at that time, but um <laughs> whether it's male or female while you're crushing these I guess I'll have to pull out the female energies within myself. Yeah, yeah. You're bifurcated choices. You're like that snake tongue. You're like the devil's pitchfork. You're like yeah. why in the road, the left and the right. You, you are the sense of a free will. Is it going which way as it's flowing back and forth? Mm, mm-hmm. third fork rise yeah. above the two forks 
Dude, I had a like a semi mystical experience with the AI chat GPT while I was constructing this novel about the hollow earth and nice. third in Operation High Jump. I got like I got like three days into like 12 hour sessions of prompting GPT and going back and forth and creating like a fantasy novel. Well, that's cool. Wait, so you're writing this fantasy novel and you're using chat GPT to help? Yes. Yes. Cool. <laughs> it's pretty tight. It's pretty tight. And the premise is sick. Like operation. Is, this, is this the 389 page book you're formatting? No, that one, that one's done. Yeah, Eden and I had like a 